0: There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's
1: us. Hi guys, this is Charisma Carpenter from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, your favorite bitch on wheels. You're listening to Buffy Back Issue Bin. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Firefly comics. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And we're into a new universe, or new publisher.
0: It's like deja vu all over
1: again. No one needs to know that we (laughs) recorded this once and then the file disappeared. So... So that was the Take dress too. That was a dress rehearsal. Yes. So we'll just be more concise and better this time around.
0: Actually, probably very true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so if this is a terrible podcast, I guess never come back because it's not getting better.
0: Way to encourage new <laughs> listenership.
1: If you haven't heard us before, previously we'd gone through all of the Buffy and Angel and Firefly comics that were canon chronologically, but Boom Studios took over the rights of both Buffy and Firefly. So now we've hopped over, and unlike Buffy, which is starting its own universe over, Firefly is trying to slot itself right on in.
0: Which, they do an impressive job of actually finding a space to fit this story.
1: Because it's not a lot of space. Do tell. Okay, I can do that first.
0: I Maybe mean, it's up to you.
1: So let's talk timeline. How does this work? Does it matter?
0: That's a great question.
1: (laughs) To me, more than it should. But hey, here we are.
0: To me and to most of the rest of the world, this fits in post-show pre-Serenity.
1: Cool. Let's talk about that.
0: It always does fit there. There's just (laughs) a more specific place in which it has to fit.
1: Yeah, we don't know a ton a ton about um, the timeline of the show. You could break it down in some episodes like, oh, they said it's going to take X number of weeks to get from this location to this location. But the only two kind of very specific lines of the sand that have been drawn is let's start with the movie Serenity. Mal says a very specific line to Simon that eight months ago, he took Simon a River on board. So there we go. We know from beginning a show and a movie, eight month time span, not a very long story.
0: No, because there's a lot of stuff that gets put in here and. Now we're putting in another story, too.
1: In a 15-episode show, on episode 12, we're given a vaguer timeline. We're told that about six months ago, about six months, is when they'd first met Saffron in episode 12. So we know between episode 12, 15, plus two Dark Horse books, plus the movie, is about a two-month span.
0: That's a lot of stuff to fit into two months, as you can well imagine.
1: But... Since Mal says about six months, let's call it five for the sake of giving as much space as possible. Because if it was six months, he'd probably say six months ago. he said about six, which you're probably going to round up.
0: That makes sense. I can roll with that.
1: So now we've got three months to fill in. We have all those episodes, we have the miniseries, all that stuff, but then we also have the added addendum of we need to build in a little bit of space for Book and Anar to be away from the ship before they're found on Serenity. At the end of one of the Dark Horse series, those left behind, there we go, got there. That's when Book and Anar leave, and we see that Book ends that series with a mustache. A moustache. So if he is going to reasonably grow a full goatee, let's say that eats up about a month.
0: Yeah, and also- Book and Inara are pretty settled in their new lives when Mal comes a-knocking. So, yeah, we definitely want to give them at least a month.
1: So let's say then we have about two months left that we're fitting in all of these stories. Let's say maybe a month is used to fill in the information we already have, meaning we have about a free month of time that hasn't been told in full.
0: And that's where this story fits in.
1: And it does. And right now it continues to fit in. We're coming up on issue five soon. It's not out yet at the time of recording. But for right now, it still works.
0: And the important thing to note here is that this series does a really great job of not contradicting any canon that has so far been placed before us, including the Dark Horse comics.
1: Probably. There's one thing that hints at a contradiction but it only hints at so it doesn't count yet
0: yes so so far there have been no contradictions so we're keeping it all as canon
1: yeah and that's the thing i mean these books are coming in and supposedly they have weeden on as a consultant that can mean anything that we know that he did give an interview before all this happened i haven't seen if he's done anything since then but we know him working on books with other people can go as far as direct scripting involvement to my office approved it which means nothing
0: right so All that being said...
1: All that being said is he's already kind of put his stamp kind of in this middle area, and if push comes to shove about what counts and what doesn't, I'm going to go with the guy that created the world. Makes sense to me. I also understand the appeal of wanting to do this with the entire cast of characters versus the diminished ones that don't make it out of Serenity.
0: Or that don't make it to Serenity on the ship? Yeah. I mean, because you have that month to play with once you've dropped off Anara and Book and... Yeah, I mean... That's not as much fun either. It's a
1: different dynamic, but yeah, same idea.
0: Right. So anyway, that's where this series fits in, and I'm happy enough to let it live there.
1: So who do we got working on it? For writing, we have Greg Pak. I first picked up on his work when I got back into comics for the second time around when he was doing his Planet Hulk stuff. So, you know, good time to pick up on him as a writer.
0: Yeah, and he does a really fantastic job on this book as well. We'll get into that, but... It's really awesome.
1: Uh, From what I've read, I guess he never watched the show originally, and he, he was offered this job, and then he kind of binged it and loved it. But overall, he does an excellent job with the voices, characterizations.
0: Yeah, and he really does a great job of fitting in little character moments into the bigger action pieces. So, nice job.
1: And the other thing that he does, and this is something that he's known for and also very proud of, is he's big on Asian representation. Firefly was supposed to be this melting pot of the East and the West, But whoopsie-daisy, there was never a single Asian person. There was one stunt coordinator that got stabbed in the movie.
0: Yeah, all the way until the Dark Horse comics with
1: B. Yeah, she was the first one, but that's still post-movie, post-show.
0: Right, so anyway.
1: So having someone who's interested in adding representation in a book that's really supposed to be 50-50, it's a welcome change.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: On art, we have Dan McDade. He's not a name I was particularly familiar with before this book, but overall, I really like his style. He has kind of a loose feel to it and for something that's supposed to be on like the edge of civilization I like the way that feels with the story.
0: Yeah, it's a little more stylistic than realistic and and it works really yeah. nicely.
1: Yeah, you're very aware of what every character is, what their attributes are and strengths and emotions and I like the way he kind of brings everything together. We've mentioned many times before that we're kind of terrible at describing art, so apologies.
0: <laughs> we like it. It's pretty.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things like I can't tell you why I like it, I just know I do. Yes. And on colors, we have Marcelo Costa, and I do want to give a big shout out to him. Again, colors is a thing that we don't always mention, we're not always great with, and a lot of times colors, I feel, don't get mentioned as much as they should, because if the story is good and the art is all working, then you don't necessarily notice as much. With Firefly, lighting and tone were always such a big thing, and it's captured excellently here. Yeah, they
0: do a great job of of taking that same color palette of, we're kind of in a weird world now, and bringing that... Forward.
1: Different rooms have different feelings. Planets have different vibes. Uh,
0: Shadows are used really nicely.
1: Yeah, I mean, night and day. It's it's all great stuff, and I really do want to shout out the color. I think that might be the full preamble.
0: That sounds great. Let's jump in.
1: That was a long preamble.
0: It was, but it was shorter than the first time. I'm sure.
1: So, if you haven't read these books yet, we are going to spoil literally every single part of it. So, don't listen if you haven't read it yet. If you're a fan of the show, the movie, whatever highly recommend these books they capture the themes and tone excellently but at this point we're just going to kind of go through the book and you know praise things that should be praised unnecessarily nitpick things that don't really matter
0: yep and if you have not read any of the dark horse comics uh you'll be fine walking into this one if you've you will need to have seen the show though
1: yeah but if you haven't read the dark horse books they were just reprinted and they're also really great in books called firefly legacy Everything's reprinted already, so go check those out.
0: Okay. So jumping into issue one.
1: We start off with a beautiful full page splash of Serenity, except whoops and engines on fire.
0: As per usual.
1: I don't know if this is intentional or not, but this is the side of the ship where Mal kicked a guy through the engine. I N- mean not great for your engines.
0: Yeah, I don't think it I don't know if it's intentional, but
1: great for murder, bad for engines.
0: It works really nicely within the canon of the show.
1: Yeah, and right off the bat... We see that uh, Dan McDade is going with more of the Serenity design of the ship, the head of the ship or the end of it, whatever you want to call it, is a little flatter and a little more stylized. It's a sleeker design, and to be fair, that's the one I prefer.
0: So, yay.
1: In general, the art does do some stuff which I think works really well in the transition in between movie and show. In the show, we get a little bit more close of today or 2003, as it were, or 2002, with just Mal wearing a button-up shirt and leather suspenders versus by the time we get around to the movie, he has the shirts with like the weird straps going across and the very uncomfortable-looking plastic suspenders.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's more budget-related. Like They just had a bigger budget so they could play with the clothing more.
1: Oh, probably 100%. But I like that it's incorporated here because it feels more like it's closer to the Firefly side of things, which it's supposed to be.
0: Right. And as we quickly find out, we're kind of stuck outside of the central planets. Usually are. We usually are, but this time we're really stuck because our engine is on fire.
1: They try and jettison the engine, and everyone's incapable of doing it. Wash can't do it. Kaylee can't do it. But River comes in with a gun, and firing the gun at a certain point is able to eject the flaming bits. Yay. What I like about this is, again, this is going post-show, and I think this works in with the theme of building trust for River. In the last episode, Objects in Space... River picks up a gun and Kaylee is terrified and they go through the whole episode about like making River more part of the team and this Kaylee sees River with a gun and there's none of that fear. Right. The Wor- other... Works well, works with growth.
0: Yes. And the other thing to mention too is that these first couple of pages are filled with little bits of dialogue that fit in perfectly with each character. Mal is complaining about the engine being on fire. Wash and Kaylee are both very nonchalant about it and... It's just lovely.
1: That being said, this is like the fourth time the ship has been on fire or bits have been falling it's off of it. always bit. on fire. It's not an overused trope yet, but I feel like this is the limit. I feel like one more time and we're over the limit.
0: Yeah. And luckily, the, tri- the ship being on fire is, I mean, it's important in that it grounds them on this one particular planet, but it's not the main theme of this particular
1: no. arc. Simon sees River with a gun and she's like, where'd you get that gun? She's like, oh, it's Jane's. He left it in the bathroom
0: nitpick number one okay this, this isn't a to nitpick. Me, layperson i read that and go oh that's a weird thing to bring to the bathroom and you specialist who has blueprints of the ship for, says what
1: they're for sale in the store in any case where do people poo on the ship
0: i don't know i didn't examine <laughs> the blueprints well
1: i did and the answer is all of the main crew they have individual bathrooms in their quarters so might mean that river is going into jane's bathroom and just using it
0: highly plausible
1: just to screw with him which i think is funny or the more likely option jane just does it wherever he wants to because they're in the guest dorms there's a bathroom for the four dorms down there so my guess is that jane just kind of eh, if he's closer to those he'll just go use that one also highly plausible and apparently just leave his gun there you have your own bathroom selfish yes moving on Well, now that they're not on fire, they're now being shot at from another ship.
0: Makes sense, right?
1: (laughs) Sure. Why not? Uh, They're always getting into scrapes.
0: Yes. So they land on the nearest planet, which turns out to be Bethlehem. It turns out to be a planet that's known for a pilgrimage.
1: Well, you did skip a bit. Okay. As they're being shot at, Wash pulls up on their hologram that it's a dreadnought. Oh, that's right. Yeah, now that hologram they've always had.
0: Okay, I was cool with this because time has passed. They could have gotten a cool hologram.
1: That's where I'm landing because also, I mean, you know, let's go back to the olden times of 2005 where we went from a show to a movie and all of a sudden they had some kind of floating land speeder that was never explained. I'm just going to say they got some upgrades along the way. Works for me. Or they stole them. Or they stole some upgrades. Also works for me. Either way, they have holographic projection capabilities now on Serenity. But they land on Bethlehem, and in order to get money to repair the parts that they need, immediately get into a fight, which turns out gets them a job guiding pilgrims to a holy site at Bethlehem.
0: yep, turns out Jane's the one who got in the fight. Let's all be surprised.
1: It brings up interesting questions about like what counts as holy sites kind of out, you know, five hundred years of the future, and what are different denominations of religion? We're not going to deal with that we're just gonna kind of dive on in. Yep. The other interesting bit here is Simon is wearing his really dorky red sunglasses.
0: His rose colored glasses.
1: So dorky. Yes. But as we found out in one of the Dark Horse books, he could wear those and then that prevents his retinas from being scanned for identification. I don't think he's using those for that purpose out in this kind of backwater planet. But
0: he could be because he doesn't know what's on that planet until they start exploring.
1: Well, I think he's just about sun protection because he also has a sun umbrella.
0: A sun umbrella? What a dork. Good for him. He's concerned about sun exposure.
1: Melanoma, man. That'll be the thing that gets him. Could be. Unlikely. I guess. <laughs> on the scale of things.
0: So we start on our little pilgrimage journey, and all of a sudden the pilgrims are set upon by a gang of robbers?
1: Yeah, just, you know, a regular old Bandits? gang. Bandits? The Chang Benitez gang. And hey, look at that. Chronologically, this is our first introduction to an Asian character. Welcome. Not the first in this story, and hopefully not the last either, because again, supposed to be 50%. Come on, story.
0: Yes. But anyway, we welcome this new character, except that he's shooting at us, so we don't really welcome him. The gang fires back and. He basically
1: retreats. He's like, oh, you're better at this than us. Well, don't want to die. Nice knowing you.
0: And so Mal calls off everybody and, you know, gets them to hold their fire so that we can continue with our pilgrimage. But turns out the Pilgrims are less than pleased with that particular decision.
1: They wanted Mal and everyone to kill these bandits. That's why they hired them for the murder.
0: Yeah, and Mal's like, whoa, whoa. We said we'd get you there safely. We didn't say we'd actually
1: kill for you unless we had to. I have a bad habit of leaving people alive that I shouldn't, so I'm going to keep doing that.
0: Yep. And then as the Pilgrims are grumbling about this... Another big problem happens.
1: A message comes over the cortex saying that Mal and Zoe are war criminals and wanted, and that whoever is, you know, hanging out with them should turn them over for cash money.
0: Dun 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 and credits as they call it. Issue one.
1: And my personal favorite callback to the show, they refer to Mal once again as Captain Harbekin, which is one of his aliases used. It only happened once. It's a good callback. And whatever will they do? Turns out they don't need to worry about it that much because the pilgrims are like, sweet, war criminals. That means you really do love to murder.
0: Yeah, so the pilgrims, we're finding out, are not following typical behaviors that we would associate with pilgrims, but whatever. So they're pretty excited about the war criminal situation. Prior to this, we left Kaylee and Wash and Inara back at the ship just to have some people watching out for the ship. Makes sense. But they obviously hear the same message. Wash calls zoe and it's like i couldn't possibly imagine you as a war criminal these guys are crazy i'll come help you and so they abandon the ship
1: they continue on with their pilgrimage with this looming over their heads and they come up with a plan to you know go through the pass where they can't be caught yeah neat
0: where the ambushes don't happen so often
1: we do see that jane is on the new flying mule that they picked up so this is the first canonical appearance of that where did it come from doesn't really matter they, pick, it they picked it up somewhere where did it come from no, Joe. no, that's a terrible song and a terrible dance. But they're sprung upon once again by the bandits. Except it's a brand new of group of bandits, or really the old group of bandits, but they got rid of their leader.
0: Yeah, they weren't super into him just giving up on robbing the pilgrims, thanks to Mal and Company.
1: So, and now they're more into it because they're worth more money.
0: Yeah. So they're like, great, you're war criminals, that we can return for bounty, and also we get to steal everything from everybody.
1: Zoe appears over the ridge, and my personal favorite bit of art of this whole first arc, we see her holding guns, pointing down at them. She's in shadow, her eyes are sticking out, and she looks like a hardcore badass.
0: It's a great image, especially because most of her face is in shadow, and at this point we're trying to figure out, was she really a war criminal, and what is her past like, and she's physically
1: in the dark. So, everyone starts to fire on everyone. One of the pilgrims is shot in the head, and Mal, Zoe, and Jane managed to kill, like, 20 people. So,
0: here's the part that threw us off when we were first going through this for the Patreon exclusives.
1: Look, to be honest, it feels a little out-tonally.
0: Right, because, as we even mentioned in the first issue, we're very into not killing people if we can help it.
1: And, I mean, these guys were always scrappers, and they usually survive. But it's always kind of like skin of their teeth kind of victory. But this is just straight up massacre. It's not even like massacring people that don't have guns. They're fighting people in a gunfight and they just kill them all instantly.
0: Right. And like one guy gets away and they.
1: Mal and Zoe decide to go chase him down because he can't get back with the information of where they are.
0: Right. And that's just not super Firefly like to me. But
1: yeah, it was the action was just a little too heightened.
0: I don't even think we saw that many deaths in all of
1: Firefly combined. <laughs> no, probably not. Wash arrives to try and to get Mal and Zoe to stop, and they need to get back to the ship because Zoe can't be out there if she's a wanted war criminal. So Zoe takes this time to shoot Wash in the leg so he'll stop trying to stop her.
0: And Wash, in return, shoots Zoe in the leg so that she'll stop trying to stop trying. <laughs> so that she can't go anywhere either.
1: I mean, this is pretty horrific. I'd never shoot you in the knee.
0: No, I'd react very poorly yeah, to it.
1: I, I would, too, if you shot me. But I mean, this is going to be pretty horrific for Wash. He was just shot in the leg. He's going to have to go through years of physical therapy and rehab. And oh, it doesn't matter. He's dead in like a month. Wow. What would the spike through the chest?
0: That's super harsh. I thought you were going to say because he's up and walking like two panels later.
1: No, no. He's a leaf on the wind. Watch how he gets stabbed to death.
0: Is he still up and walking two panels later?
1: It's not after that <laughs> tree through the gut.
0: We're going to ignore that and pretend like that's not canon.
1: Oh, it is. He dies. Horribly. I mean, quickly, I guess. So not that bad on a scale of death. Okay, keep going, though. We don't need to dwell on that. I mean, it took Book a while. That seems way worse.
0: Keep going. We don't need to dwell on that. There's a reason that we are talking about in between the show and the movie.
1: The one bandit gets away only to be come upon by a group called the Unificators. We'll learn about them in a second. And they are led by Boss Moon, a new character who is missing an eye. And we get our introduction of our second Asian character in this arc.
0: And we're definitely looking for our favorite war criminals. On to issue three.
1: Using the information that she got from our one rogue bandit, she hunts down Mal and Zoe. And with Kaylee's help, they escape in a flying truck. (laughs) Woohoo! Whatever, we haven't seen that before. I like that it's just a pickup.
0: No, but Boss Moon and company do accidentally capture Simon and River because they think that they are Mal and Zoe. River runs away, pretending like she's Zoe. Simon tells us that he ran after her.
1: I like that Simon would never go on for this plan of like people that might be involved with the alliance. He's like, let's be bait. And River's like, I'm bait! (laughs) He's like, damn it! I'm running after you.
0: So they catch River and Simon, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll keep you guys to turn you in for your bounties, but we're not, we're not done. So you're just going to have to
1: hang tight for a minute. Mal and Zoe end up getting Boss Moon instead, kidnapping her. Oh, tables turned, And it turns out they know each other from this previous battle.
0: Yeah, back in the war.
1: Yeah, what we've been seeing all along through this is flashbacks of Mal and Zoe around a dreadnought and around a certain battle where Mal became angered after he saw some of his men die and fired at a building. But it turns out what that building was and Zoe tried to stop him at the last second was a hospital. Yeah. Killing doctors and patients and wounding a bunch of others and Boss Moon lost her eye at this battle and watched him do it. So there's no like, well, I heard about this. No, she just watched him like kill a bunch of innocents.
0: Yeah. And so the Unificators come to find out are really there to just kind of bring people to justice. I think probably on either side.
1: Yeah, they seem to be contracted by the Alliance. I don't think they'd bring in Alliance people, but... Probably just people not. the Alliance want to get. Yeah, they're essentially contractors.
0: Yeah, but they're definitely not straight up the Alliance.
1: Militarized contractors.
0: Yes, and so while she's kidnapped, Boss Moon tells him this whole story, and, and- Kaylee's like, whoa, guys, I'm going to be super honest here, but you're sounding a lot more like the bad guys than the good guys. With Kaylee.
1: Yeah. It's also hinted at, again hinted, not confirmed, that this might have happened after the Battle of Serenity, which would bring in a conflict, but again, this hasn't been flat out said. In the Dark Horse book, Serenity, Better Days, it comes up that Zoe kept on fighting after the war with a group called the Dust Devils, Mal didn't, so I already kind of knew that Zoe was a war criminal, but now she's a double war criminal. Yeah, so not great. I- again, it's it's only hinted at that this takes place afterwards. So it's not a contradiction, but it's um, implied contradiction. Yeah, we definitely know that this wasn't an intentional thing that Mal did, but one way or the other, it's still a thing he did. Happy fun times. The
0: other really interesting part that Bossman brings up is that Mal's family has a direct connection to the reason that the war even got started.
1: Yeah, apparently his mother was part of a few generations that were Herding cattle in illegal ways that weren't following regulations that screwed up some of the terraforming on the planet that he was on. And Mal's was like, you know, we needed to do it or we wouldn't have survived. She's like, you also could have taken a buyout and gone into one of the central planets and had been set for life.
0: So not great.
1: I do like this new character of Boss Moon. I like that she doesn't have a mustache to twirl or that you're definitely on the side of Mal. Every point she makes is valid, but you can also understand Mal's point of view, which I think... I mean, that makes for the best kind of villains, right? Or, don't, villains, the wrong word. Antagonist is the right word.
0: Yes, that is the right word. And I also appreciate that we have this moment of everybody sitting in this little car speeding along that we can have this conversation that it's not boss moon brooding to an underling about why she's doing this. No, it's she's not going Reynolds. Yeah, no, she's just legitimately having this disagreement with them. And,
1: and she's not wrong. She's like, you committed a war crime. You need to pay for that yeah not wrong
0: and honestly the interesting part is that neither mal nor zoe argue any of those particular semantics
1: meanwhile everyone else arrives at the location of the pilgrimage and boy the pilgrims are happy that they found their spot on bethlehem and it turns out that they also needed people to guide them along because they need to make a blood sacrifice
0: Wah-wah. which is
1: my favorite kind of sacrifice
0: There's too so I on mean, to issue three.
1: On scale of sacrifices, four. it probably goes blood, then virgin.
0: What other sacrifices are there?
1: I don't know. I'm out after that. Bunny. Animal. That one makes me sad.
0: Oh my gosh. Anyway, moving on to issue four.
1: Mal and Zoe get a message from Wash that this is what's happened. and They know that they need to get back in time to save everyone, except they can't because they don't have a ship. But Boss Moon says that she does, and she's willing to help the rest of the crew if Mal and Zoe turn themselves over to her custody.
0: And without a choice... Really, they agree to these terms. So off we go with Boss Moon, now a tentative ally.
1: They returned to her ship only to be fired upon immediately because Boss Moon might have made the deal, but her underlings didn't. But things are fine because River gets out of her handcuffs and kicks everyone in the head.
0: Yay, River. And Boss Moon is like, don't you dare ever break my word again. So I like that she's like super in charge of her own ship. And also, she's smart.
1: And everyone's pointing guns at each other. And they're all like, I have the biggest dick. No, I have the biggest dick. Not actual words. And Kaylee's like, everyone shut up and put your guns down. This is pointless. Yes, yes, yes. And it's such a
0: great Kaylee moment.
1: She, it's, yeah, like she just comes in. and She's like, easy does it. Like That's, you know. Hold our metaphorical horses.
0: I think it's funny you're giving all these things for Kaylee to say when you could just read it from the page in front of you. But no, I greatly enjoy- I refuse. I greatly enjoy your summaries of Kaylee's fun folkloric (laughs) expressions, as you would say them.
1: And they take off on this ship and boy, they'll be able to save everyone just in time. Whoopsie daisy. No, the bandits shoot down that ship.
0: Yeah, not great.
1: Thanks, bandits.
0: Yeah, things are not going well for our rescuers, nor for our people who are in trouble. Nope.
1: And while the bandits shoot them down, they have to, you know, band together to try and get out of the situation. And, you know, enemies fighting side by side, trying to kill them. But they're still probably going to lose. Only for Chang Benitez, our original bandit leader, shows up and shoots everyone in the face. He's like, that's what you get for betraying me.
0: Yes. And he hears that we still need a ship. So he's like, hey, guys, you want to ride in my ship?
1: (laughs) Why not? So they go off to try and save the day. Meanwhile,
0: our problem is now that the pilgrims need to sacrifice their victims in order of least least, to
1: most sin.
0: Yes, least to most sin. So... They try ordering them one way, and then they try reordering them.
1: And everyone's trying to explain why they have the most sin, and then Book tries to get to them with a philosophical discussion about what is sin. And then in my favorite moment in this, probably, Jane pipes up. He's like, what are you talking about? You've definitely sinned the most. You're always hinting at that dark past you never mention. Yes, and- Jane is the audience. I cannot tell <laughs> I love you... that, that every time Jane mentions, like, or whatever, Book's like- Coily hints at something i'm glad that someone just called about because we've seen this before
0: yeah i cannot tell you dear listener how often i've heard this from zach about how much he dislikes that we don't get what book actually went through or that it's all just hinted at in shadows
1: i mean we do eventually i
0: mean we get that book but you know the
1: book the other book. pieces
0: when everybody's like
1: bowl of soup did it
0: yes yes when everybody's like you were in the war and he's like yes i don't want to talk about it
1: but i'm mysterious yeah yeah let's Let's drive that into the ground. Anyway. So I like that Jane calls him out.
0: So everybody's still squabbling, which buys them enough time for-
1: This other spaceship to just fly in and crush all the pilgrims to death. Woohoo! Yeah, they're dead now.
0: Which is great, except that now Mal and Zoe have given their word that they are going to go with Boss Moon and sacrifice themselves.
1: Of course, they escape, and Mal has the option of killing her, and Zoe's like, we have to do it. She'll just come after us. He's like, maybe we do, but I do this every time, and I let the villain go, and it eventually it always comes back to bite me in the ass, but it at least takes a little while. Whoops, no, it took two seconds, because then she kicks Mal into a ship and flies away.
0: Yeah, my favorite part about this is he doesn't even finish his sentence about how it might come back to bite him, but he's going to do it anyway. And then it does come back to bite him.
1: <laughs> um, The fastest it's ever happened. I do enjoy the rug being pulled out from under him a bit.
0: So this arc is wrapped up nicely. Not, not nicely neatly paced, in a bow. But not neatly in a bow at all. We are left with a cliffhanger of Mal is a kidnapped prisoner on another ship with Boss Moon. And everybody else is stuck on this weird planet with no transportation.
1: And hey, why are we breaking it up at issue four? Well, that's what the first graphic novel is going to be. Yeah. And fun fact, it's going to be a hardcover. Yay. I was told before by a writer who worked at Boom that Boom didn't really do hardcovers on licensed titles, but apparently that rule has changed.
0: It's a very specific rule, too.
1: They're breaking rules. Well, there you go. Rules were made to be hardcovers. I guess so. That's how that goes, right?
0: Yep. Yes. So, things that we really liked. We liked that it was four issues only because that's the amount of time you need to tell the story. It's
1: Yeah, there's no bloat on it, which is nice.
0: Yeah, but you still get the character moments. It doesn't feel like it's rushing.
1: No, and we didn't cover every- I don't think we said Inara's name. Hi, Inara. You're there, too. This book really does do a good job. I mean, this is a large cast, and part of the issue with the large cast is making sure that everyone gets their moments, and everyone does, for the most part.
0: Simon doesn't get a huge moment, but Simon also wouldn't be super involved in this particular mission anyway. It's just not his jam.
1: No. He patches up Zoe's shot by her husband hole.
0: Yep. And he's like-
1: Just a weird sentence. Yep. Made me pause.
0: And he's like, well, this won't kill you today. I mean, you do some really terribly dangerous things, so really anything could kill you at any time, but not this right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I buy the scenario of them, you know, needing to get supplies in order to be able to continue on their way to presumably eventually drop Nara off. They're not going to get there for about a month.
0: No, which is good because we don't have a ship right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, tonally, I like the book. It fits right in. Firefly, Serenity, that's And right up there with my favorite, let's say like top three favorite story kind of things. Probably number one. Probably probably my favorite thing in the world. I was going to
0: say, what is ahead of this? I don't know. Anyway.
1: (laughs) I love this stuff. And this fits in tonally and it's nice to get new material for it. And not only is it nice that it's new material, it's nice that it's new material that's good. Yes. And that's the most exciting part about it. I mean, it's really solid stuff.
0: And it's new material that feels very much like this could be an episode or a double episode of the show itself.
1: That's always the pitfall of licensed stuff. Is Sometimes you're like, oh boy, my favorite thing is back. And then you read it, you're like, oh, that wasn't quite right.
0: Right. But the voices being right and the tone of the art being right, everything feels very natural. Like we're just slotting it in and it works.
1: Yeah, overall, I highly recommend this. I'm really looking forward to what's coming next. Uh, by the time this comes out, the Saffron Yolanda Bridget uh, origin book is out, which uh, you probably need to buy, side note.
0: Sounds good. So at some point, we'll be back on Patreon to talk about that with our Patreon exclusives. We
1: probably should have mentioned that. For every single issue of this and Buffy, we do non-spoiler and spoiler reviews. Those come out the day the issue comes out. and then when But we... we only
0: release them on Patreon, just so you're I'm clear.
1: I'm bad at this. But then when we do these arcs, we also will release those a whole week early on Patreon. Minimum of a buck a month. And you're getting yourself a few exclusive pods a month.
0: Yeah, so exclusive. you get to hear about this stuff as we read it. And then and
1: those are a different beast.
0: Yeah, we do a lot more in-depth, like, these are some funny small moments that we like.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, hopefully it's more <laughs> interesting than that.
0: Here's seven things I liked.
1: But if you're interested in that, patreon.com slash editors note comics. Most other things can be found on the website, editorsnotecomics.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to reach out to us, editors at gmail.com. And also my store is at 210 Water Street in downtown Hollowell, Maine.
0: And also we're going to be at a Comic Con in Bangor, Maine from April 5th through the 7th. Um so if anybody's in the main area and wants to come up and hang out with us for a little bit, we'll be up there. I mean- Otherwise, think about subscribing to Patreon so you guys can get more exclusive content. Otherwise, we'll be back at some point with some story.
1: Buffy. The Buffy arc will be the next thing that's released for everyone. Woohoo. All right. We'll be back. Bye. Bye.